passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Any questions? I have a question. Yes. How do you feel about being in your first ever last woman standing match? I'm honored and... I have a question. Uh, who invited you here? People should be listening to the real champ. All right? You want some advice? You want some advice from the actual champ? Yeah? Yeah, don't listen to a word she's saying because none of you are going to make it if you do. Becky, that's enough. Coach, oh, let her talk. Oh, Coach, let her talk. Just If they don't have too much on their plates The Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Wade They'll talk about the things they did that day They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H Rewind to Smackdown 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 Hello everybody, welcome to Rewind to Smackdown I am John Pollock here alongside Waiting Here on a Tuesday night most of you listening to this Wednesday morning, who knows when you're listening to it? Maybe it is 2029, and you have just sat down and watched uh, Dwayne Johnson's daughter win the WWE Super Heavyweight title, which is, of course, an intergender title. In Saudi Arabia, oh, as, in the main event, at the end of yeah. the Vision 2030 campaign. Yeah, yeah, it just... Uh, the deal expired last year. They came on. They renewed, of course, uh, because now they're making even more money. And and it's uh, an all women's show now. It's it's an all women's show. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Men are banned. Yeah. Uh, from, from going to Saudi Arabia. Uh, so really 2029. Crazy. Wild. Just just wild. Yeah. How are you doing tonight, Way? Doing all right. Doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, just sat sat down for a big night of wrestling and then a big night of podcasting to follow. Oh, what what's more exciting? Not uh, not much. I can't think of a better way to spend. An I mean, between the two, between wrestling and and talking to me, what's more exciting? What is? Oh, what are you at the edge of your seat for? I mean, it's almost like you can't really have one without the other, right? Like if we didn't have wrestling to talk about, what would we talk about? Plenty, lots we could talk about. Um, could start a baseball podcast. Yeah, I don't know if I I'd have that much to chat with you about there but um uh, uh what isn't today the anniversary of joe carter's home run is it i had 25 no years i think it, it, uh, uh to this day the 20 the, you know what else it's the anniversary of hashtag under siege are you kidding that was a year ago today yeah, wasn't that a year ago i could be wrong you might be right it would it would line up to be the Survivor Series buildup. I believe it was the twenty third because it was it was Raw. 
That would have been the night after their uh, TLC pay-per-view. You're right. It probably was. Wow, what a day. Wow, one year away, under siege. And now the company is under siege in a much different way from the world, Mm -hmm. it seems. Mm -hmm. This is a story that is not going away. We're going to discuss it. Before, I'm going to forget this, so I'm going to state it now from The Generator. Uh, Tonight's show, everyone, brought to you by the good folks, Jason Pritchett, Adam Turner, and you know who else had a hand in tonight's show? Sam Tilly. I knew that. I knew all that. Do you know Gareth Davies is a is on this list? I don't think it's the Gareth Davies. I don't believe know. so either. I've seen that name before. <laughs> I, I don't believe so. Um, but, um, you know, remarkable uh, in either case. Gareth Davies, of course, the one that you and I know. Uh, the, the, reporter. the king of UK media, Gareth yes, Davies. That is correct, yes. So there you go from the uh, the Telegraph in the UK. All right, let's get into uh, everything that's coming up. How do you want to start the show? Wade, do we want to uh, discuss what is coming up this week first, or do you want to? Let's dive do into that. Those? We we saved that for the end last week. Let's do that to start this week. No one listens to the end, so we should we should put all this. We, we should front load it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this week, big week. They're all big weeks, but this is a big one. We've got the double shot coming up late tonight. Way, what was your homework this past week? What are you going to be bringing to show and tell on the double shot for our cafe members? I'm going to catch everybody up on the latest edition of Being the Elite as well. Uh, you know what? Probably my favorite edition of Total Divas up until this uh, point uh, of this season. Of this season, I mean. Oh, okay. Not of all time. No, no. I'm going to be chatting about the NWA's 70th anniversary show from this past Sunday night in Nashville. That was only 48 hours ago. It may as well have been two weeks ago. That's how fast wrestling moves. A lot has happened since then, yes. And I am going to reveal my ballot for this year's Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. Who did I vote for? Oh, wonderful. Nice. These aren't so, anonymous uh, these are anonymous ballots, but you're Yes. Yes, yeah, but you are you are free to disclose your your ballot. Cool. So I will be doing so. Uh, that's on the double shot. Thursday, Braden and Davey are back with Up Next and the final edition of the May Young Classic going into Evolution on Sunday. They'll have a I'm sure wide range of topics to discuss uh, coming off their big review of Halloween that has gotten critical praise. Triple H loved it on Monday. He was promoting their <laughs> podcast. And uh, so that is coming up Thursday. We will also have a post-production video out uh, later this week for you double, double and above members. Friday is rewind away on the cafe. And we are chatting battleground 2016, a show headlined by the shield in a three-way match along with, AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows against John Cena, Big Cass, and Enzo. Um, yeah, that one. Yeah. And Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn for the last time ever. Oh, that one I do remember. Yes. How fast did they go back to that match? Tune in Friday. Saturday, we've got Eggshells. Chris Charlton will be joined by Alan Farrell from... Pro Wrestling Torch, to chat about 2007, which was the first year that they named the January 4th Dome Show Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom 1, they will discuss. And then Sunday, the Evolution Post Show. Wei Ting and I will be back late Sunday night reviewing the entire Evolution Show. If you are a Double Double Ice Cap Espresso member, you will be able to watch us live doing the podcast immediately after Evolution. As soon as Charlotte is holding up the title, Long Island is booing her out of the building. They quickly cut to end the show so quickly. And you say, why did they end so quickly? Let's go watch John and Way. That's what you can do 
on Sunday night. And for the rest of you, uh, the podcast version will be up for free for everybody later that night. Did I get everything? I, I think you did. You do a great job of all this. Do you know we hit a milestone with American Vandal Season 2? Are you aware of this milestone? No, I'm not. What is it? Since launching the Post Wrestling Cafe on December 24th, mm-hmm. American Vandal Season 2 was our 100th cafe-exclusive podcast. You're kidding. Really? Yes. Where does it say that? When you log in, yeah. they've got the categories. We have 100 exclusive podcasts that we have tagged. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Well, so you, so that's the archive, everybody. You sign up right now, you get 100 shows in the archive. I, I mean, honestly, 101 after tonight. Yeah, it's just growing by the day. So if you sign up now, 100 shows are waiting for you. Yeah. What could be better? Well, 101, 102. But you're going to get that too. So I think 102 would be too would be overwhelming. 100's the sweet spot. We should stop. Like we should just stop doing shows basically. No, it's the sweet spot now. Next week you'll have a better capacity. Maybe we'll me. start deleting shows. How about that? I I wonder if that's going to be the the future for people to get give people incentive to listen to their shows is that we're only going to put it online for a month and I, I, they're going to be deleted. You kid, but I do think that's the future. I mean, I look at look at the success of, of, of Snapchat and Instagram stories. The idea that you can only see this for a limited time. I, I like, there is like sort of like, I know people that like on Instagram that'll delete their, not even their stories, but their photos, like in their actual stream where like they'll, they'll maybe put like a photo up for a week and then they'll just go there to delete it. And I'm not exactly sure the reason, but um, no one wants to have that that digital. Uh, I think it's that it could be that the fact that like you know we've kind of lived with the, with the internet being so permanent, uh, but maybe maybe people just don't want to you know burden themselves with such it's a like the observer ballot way after a certain amount of time you gotta you gotta be able to hit fifty percent on the ballot or you're off the ballot. Kyoshi Tamara could be off the ballot if he doesn't get 50% this year. I guess it's just like that, yeah. It's the exact same thing. So anyway, our shows are there. You can listen to them. Uh, today's news, there's lots and lots of it. All involving WWE Crown Jewel. Now, if we had the kind of technology here at Post Wrestling where we could uh, put in a rewind sound effect and go back to Monday's show, I believe you and I said, this show is going to happen. On November the 2nd. I think I pegged the percentage of it happening at 90%. But we did leave the caveat there. And what a caveat it was. Because on Tuesday, a lot happened. Way if... What was your belief of this show going forward in Saudi Arabia last night? And has it changed 24 hours later? Where are you? Because uh, this story is still in, in flux. We don't know what's happening. Hmm... Okay, uh, I believe the show is happening, but whether or not it's happening in Saudi Arabia now, that seems to be up for debate. Yes. Um, and my gut right now tells me that it, I think it'll still go on in Saudi Arabia, but um, it's less. I'm very much less confident about that now than I was last night. So we mentioned this briefly on Monday, that on Tuesday, the Turkish government, uh, their uh, President Erdogan, was going to be uh, addressing uh, his his entire cabinet and discussing the findings of the investigation into Jamal Khashoggi's murder. 
and he outlined that this was a planned attack. He stated that uh, Khashoggi had gone into the into the consulate in Turkey several days before October the second, and that's when this plan was essentially hatched. He returned October second. That was the day he went into the consulate, never to return, and. He outlined, you know, certain things that the Saudi Arabian government, uh, the lengths of which they went to, including uh, removing a tape from the camera, uh, going out into the woods. Uh, And then there was also he didn't outline this in his speech, but it, it was coming. It had come out previously that they had a decoy of someone that put on his clothes and they had a decoy leave the consulate to try and. And that was caught on camera. That was unbelievable. Just seeing um, the footage. And somehow, like, um, there must be a lot of security cameras out there in in Turkey. Because they followed this decoy's, like, movements for the next day. And they could see, pinpoint the exact area area where the guy went into the bathroom to get rid of those clothes. Emerging out in completely different clothes. It is uh, gross. Um, you know, like if, if this was like, um, just some type of robbery, it would be somewhat comical, but because a man died, a man was murdered here. It's, it's really quite disgusting. So, uh, the, the president of Turkey, president Erdogan, he's calling on the 18 Saudi Arabian suspects that were arrested in connection with this murder to be turned over to the Turkish government for a quote, fair and impartial delegation. What was interesting was what was not said by Erdogan that he did not bring up uh, uh, Mohammed bin Salman. He did not state his name or kind of implicate the highest levels of the Saudi Arabian government. So that was that was noteworthy. And as well, uh, they did not produce the audio evidence that was believed to be uh, in possession by the, the Turkish government of what occurred inside of the consulate. So those were things that were people were curious about whether that would be brought forward, and it was not. Uh, Donald Trump on Tuesday night used, I, I would state, his strongest stance thus far in response to Saudi Arabia, calling this, quote, the worst cover-up ever. And he said, somebody really messed up. Whoever thought of this idea is in big trouble, and they should be in big trouble. And they are, they are imposing some penalties. Uh, Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State for the United States, has uh, they are taking away the visas for these uh, men that were arrested in connection to Saudi Arabia and also adding the fact that these penalties will not be the last word on this matter from the United States. So it seems yeah. that the United States response, it has escalated from, we don't condone this, but we, at first... You've seen the United States, their response as well uh, from Donald Trump downward kind of be very wishy-washy as well. At first, they were condemning it, but kind of maintain this stance that it's not going to affect this arms deal to, well, we spoke to the crown prince and, you know, it could have been rogue killers. And then it was, well, they acknowledged the murder or that it was unfortunate because of a fist fight. And the U.S. was going along with it. And now it seems that all of these inconsistencies, they have at least somewhat called it out for what it is, which is just an atrocious attempt to cover this up. And the U.S. is not going to put their head in the sand and look like fools here 
on an international stage. That's what I took from Tuesday's responses from both Trump and as well from Mike Pompeo, who was, I think it was noteworthy the fact that they, it's one thing to be taking away these visas. These men are uh, currently in custody in Saudi Arabia, but the fact that he's stating there will be more penalties, I think that opens it up to, you know, is Congress going to vote on sanctions here? Is there going to be further action? Um, They seem open to it now where I didn't seem, they did not seem too open to it a week ago. Well, I think we shall see what that statement actually means, right? I mean, from what I I I, I gather from a statement like that, it seems like all the punishment right now is being put on uh, the specific 15 or is it 18 men that were actually um, taking part physically in, in the in the murder um, uh, in the incident that took place. But I, I don't think I think that's a very easy scapegoat and I don't think it's enough until we understand, you know, where these orders came from, from the very top and we hold the people at the top uh, accountable, whether or not I think, you know, the United States and Donald Trump would jeopardize their current deals with Saudi Arabia because of an issue like this. I think that remains to be seen. I'm still kind of doubtful about that. It seems that they're putting that into Congress can figure that out. And maybe that that's enough for them, enough cover that they can say, hey, it's uh, that's Congress's issue to deal with. I guess in relation to the WWE, the question is, is there any internal pressure coming from the highest levels of government that they would be in their best interest not to pursue this show? And that can kind of uh, trickle into the WWE side of things because uh, we had uh Robbie Fox from Barstool Sports adding today that the WWE is frantically looking to find a new place to, to host this show. Um, there has been no word uh, from the WWE side at all regarding this. It is, it's still listed for Saudi Arabia next week. I still believe it's going to happen in Saudi Arabia, but I think that the idea of, of the government maybe stepping in here I, I'm still kind of pessimistic that that is going to happen, but I think I'm more open to it than I was 24 hours ago. Do you think? Do you think this this is on the government's radar though? This crown jewel show, like, do you think they even have the authority to tell Vince McMahon, "Hey, don't do your wrestling show over there"? I think because there is a McMahon family member that is part of Trump's cabinet. How does this look? And is this the best decision to be making at this moment? Donald Trump has not shown any hesitation for, you know, private companies to go and make money. So that part of me, I, I would say, state nor, that if nor this the war- government himself to go and make money. Uh, you're right. Itself. So I'm I'm not expecting that that much of a step to be taken. But um, this other story from the Wrap, they stated that the WWE is going to be making a decision on Wednesday regarding what's. What's happening with this show? Are we going to Saudi Arabia? And yeah. I think that they were awaiting to see what was the Turkish government going to produce? Was this enough of a... Would, did they have enough of a smoking gun that it is absolutely impossible that we can go forward with this show? And... Yeah. I, I have to imagine at this point, like the hit they've taken in terms of PR might might be at a point where they feel like, hey, this is enough, we're bleeding enough in, d- in that department, especially when we're trying to push so many other, uh, you know, philanthropic uh, uh, goals 
with the company, we this is kind of undoing all the good that that we've been trying to to create with with everything that we've been trying to do. I mean, evolution to me has been completely like overshadowed by this story, um, uh, as it should. Any wrestling show should, but I think the idea that you know this evolution show coming up is like some type of big statement and a and a big, uh, you know, hip hip hooray for the women's professional wrestling and the WWE. That is completely, I think, been washed away. So I I feel like, it, 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 especially if this news, you know, more details come out about this murder, um, it that might be enough for the WWE to to just tap out and say, hey. Like, let's let's cut cut this thing off while we can for now, at least. I don't think it's going to be a the, the their moral compass to me is not going to direct them away from this show. It's going to be external pressure not to do this show. I think that's the only way they pull the plug on this event. The timing of this is even more interesting because on Thursday they've got their investors call for their their quarterly report. So they have to go and answer to shareholders and analysts. And I cannot imagine this call not being dominated by this topic. And I think whatever they do, you're going into this call on Thursday where you're either defending going into this show, which maybe shareholders and analysts are going to take it a lot easier on them than a than a different group of people who would be looking more so at just the the social element of this and not so much the financial one, which this company, if they were to announce that they are postponing this show, not holding this crown jewel event, I'm sure that there will be a shareholder or an analyst on that call who is going to take them to task about that, about why they are doing that. Um, it's a mess. I have, the, I, have to feel like that would be, I have to feel like that, that would be a minority. Don't you think like if they decided to say, Hey, uh, we don't want to make money there because of this incident. How many people do you think would really complain? I wouldn't expect. I wouldn't expect that a shareholder would opt to voice that too loudly on a call. But I can see the stock taking a hit, where it's a much more of a veiled, uh, you know, rejection of that call to walk away from such an enormous deal. Which even if they're delaying it, not walking away from the deal entirely. I think that that is a fear that the, their stock is riding at such a high point that if we announce we are walking away from millions here, that there will be a backlash to the stock. I'm sure that that's a factor in all of this. Yeah, we shall see. It'll be an interesting couple of days. So, you know, if this uh, report uh, plays out Wednesday, we may have some actual decision, but the television, they are moving forward with this event. It's, one of the strangest events that they have had to build up. They cannot state the city. They cannot state the country uh, other than, and, and John Cena is still a question mark. He was promoted just as he was on Monday night on Tuesday's SmackDown show as well. Same so, with Brian. Well, I yeah. guess Brian's not so much a question mark. No. I mean, if Brian was off this show, you would think that there would have been something tonight in that direction. And he mm-hmm. was, he was utilized exactly as you would imagine if he was going to be on the show. So, with Brian, um, I, I really don't have any ex- explanation that he will not be on that show next week. We don't know. Yeah, we don't even know where the show will take place, right? Well, it's it's they have not put the tickets on sale. The tickets were supposed to go on sale Friday, and they've delayed that. And I think it's very much in this. I, I think that kind of tips the hand that they are at least. Was it? 
Was this the case last time too? Like where, where tickets would only go on sale like two weeks? Yeah, in advance? They, they did go on sale late. Um, mm. This was not like a traditional event where um, they were on, on sale for months. I mm. mean, they went on very, there was a very small window where the tickets were put on sale. And then amazingly, they were, all the seats were filled. So I think that was very much the case here. But they were supposed to go on sale last week. They did not. And as of this recording, they have not been put on sale. So let us move on into SmackDown. Is there anything else you want to discuss, Way? Anything else that was going on? Roman Reigns, anything new you want to discuss there? He did put out uh, a brief statement on Twitter. It's been uh, an enormous story, along with all of this stuff that we just discussed. It's been the Roman Reigns follow from Monday night. Not a whole lot, but, you know, but except to say for people who haven't seen it, I mean, WWE.com, uh, all their social media put out a video of Roman immediately uh, following uh, his speech going back into the curtain and embracing basically a lot of the locker room on his way back to his uh, rental car, which he was very ashamed by, by the way. But um, that's a really, you know, nice little bit of video uh, that I encourage everybody to check out if you haven't already. I like the part as he's walking towards the car where he notices the camera and says, all right, guys, enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a five minute video and they were probably following him for about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he left the show early, perhaps, that day. Uh, yeah, I would imagine he didn't stick around for the whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, let us get into SmackDown. Tuesday night from Newark, New Jersey at the Prudential Center. The New Day started the show. We came out, and they announced the bar would defend the tag titles against the New Day in a rematch at Crown Jewel. And presumably Big Show will be flying to that show to stand in the corner of the bar. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, it seems like everybody at one point was going to be on this show, so it doesn't surprise me he would have made that trip. This is a much reduced roster going over than the first one. Is it? Well, last time, remember, we had the 50-man battle royal. Mm-hmm. I mean, this one, you have you have eight guys that are going to comprise seven matches for the World Cup, and then you have the, the DX Undertaker-Kane tag match. You have Brian Styles, this tag match. And the main event, which is Braun and Brock. So in terms of actual numbers, it's way down from the first one. Hmm. of Actual people they're bringing. The New Day discussed losing the titles last week and stated that the bar, they, they don't just set the bar, they lowered the bar. Woods asks if the big show is their bartender. Whew. This just died. Biggie says that they thought Big Show was cool, but he flips back and forth more than a flapjack. And they set out for a challenge. So the bar and Big Show answered it. Big Show came out, got on the mic, and he went through all of the injuries he has been dealing with, all of the laughter that the New Day felt he was being directed at him. And he just sat in his hospital bed waiting for the day to come back and realize all of his bad days would turn into a great day when he dismantled the new day. And that was the reason for his turn. He explained it perfectly. It made sense in the end, didn't it? I, I'm, I'm just racking back. I know you're being sarcastic, but um, there's a chance there was, I could have missed all that. There was no promo. There was no explanation for his turn. Nothing. Nothing. This guy who's never been associated with the new day attacked them, and he's just with the bar. I mean, I, I really, 
I wasn't asking myself those questions, and I it's not that I shouldn't. I really should. I think I should expect that much from uh, professional wrestling, but it's it's the big show. I just imagine, you know, he's a man who suffers from uh, schizophrenia. Imagine if Dean Ambrose comes out next Monday, and he doesn't talk about Seth Rollins. Doesn't well, you can tell who they're careful with, uh, with their storylines, and who they just decide to, you know, be a bit more careless with. They've lowered the bar. That's what they've done. Yes. So Kofi wants to have a match with any of them. First, it's Sheamus standing in the ring, but then he swaps places with Cesaro. And then Cesaro changes with Big Show. So Big Show is the opponent. So what happens? The match begins, and Kofi, going for revenge, is choke slammed once. He's choke slammed twice. He's choke slammed a third time. And finally, the New Day decides... Let, let's put an end to this as he goes for the fourth choke slam, And everyone fights. 90 seconds, this thing's over. And they, they just killed the New Day. Big show, choke slams Big E. And then he knocks out Woods with a punch. The New Day was left for dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this was not so much a match as it was a segment to build up the, the Big Show with the bar as this unstoppable new threat for the New Day to overcome. Um, it was, you know, their Infinity War. This was the dusting of the New Day. Um, and I didn't really have much of a problem with it. I thought, you know, it, it, it was a beginning chapter, and it was fine. They made sure to protect Kofi by, well, protect him by not at least giving us a finish. Uh, I was okay with this. The feud feels fresh. I felt it was just a weird focus that all the focus is the big show, who's going to be the manager. Right, yeah. Um, He's not even in the match. But, I mean, I imagine Survivor Series... Might be the actual match. With what, three on three here? Yeah. Maybe. Tom Phillips tease up Ray is going to be on Miz TV tonight, noting last week was Ray's first appearance in the WWE after nearly five years, meaning that Tom Phillips has removed the greatest Royal Rumble from his memory, as well as this year's regular Royal Rumble. Mm. Then they recapped Roman's announcement on Raw. There's a big thank you, Roman chant from the audience after airing this. Uh, this received tons, tons of coverage. And the WWE was quick to remind you how much. Um, but it was an enormous story uh, following Monday's show. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan took on the Usos. I thought this might go on in the main event position, but this was the second match on the show, like a half hour in. Styles and, and Brian are working together. They hit a pair of Pescados together to the Usos. They went to the break. They came back. The Usos are stomping Brian. And then Styles gets the hot tag and hits the Ushiguroshi to Jay, or as it is called on SmackDown, the knee to the back of the neck. Applied a calf crusher, but then Jimmy made the save. Jay then ducked, and AJ came off the top with a phenomenal forearm and just held up so that he didn't knock into Brian. Then Brian grabs Jay. AJ goes for the Pele kick, and Jay gets out of the way, so Styles nails Brian. This leads to a super kick to AJ, and then a top rope splash. So this week, it is AJ Styles that takes the pin. That's right. The two two losers will be facing off for the the coveted WWE Championship to prove who's the second best in the world. Mm. Yeah. uh, Do you... I mean... There's certainly something to be said, I think, about making both of your (laughs) number one and two supposedly in the division uh, come out with losses. It's sort of a weird way to build it. Mm. 
I guess I, I think I think people are intrigued by the match. I, I can't even say that. I think uh, everything surrounding this event, I don't even think people are anticipating match quality on this show, but just throwing that part out, I, I think that this will be a great match between these two, but I, I think they're just doing a really poor job of making you care about uh, t- two two great performers having a, a big match, like their first really big singles match in the WWE uh, after doing that, that brief television match earlier this year. I think the the idea for them is to... Just basically show that, hey, these two are great on their own. As single stars, they are the best, but they just can't get along. And I feel like the the idea is that you're supposed to care less about the outcome of these tag team matches than you are more about their personal relationship. And this is how they, you know, try to drive a wedge between the two of them, by having them not be able to get along. Typically, the, the tag team players, uh, the tag team partners who can't get along thing, to me, is, is quite played out. But I think because you're dealing with double baby faces with a mutual respect angle, it makes a little bit more sense. Um, But I'll say, you know, I think with a week to go, I feel like they have a bit more ground to cover before they can turn this into a blood feud. Um, So it wouldn't actually surprise me if they continued this until Survivor Series. Styles and Brian were in the back after. Dosh is back. And she asked if AJ intentionally hit Brian because it was very similar to last week when Brian hit him. Brian says, well, I know for sure mine was an accident, and Styles takes offense to this. Are you calling me a liar? Brian says, your nose is growing. And he kept talking and pretending his nose was growing, and Styles got increasingly more upset every time Brian extended the size of his nose until he made a too sweet sign, stating, this is how you do it, right, brother? Too sweet. And then Styles walked off. What was this? Our Pinocchio segment. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, I mean, this was written for children, wasn't it? Or at least written so that children... I think children would, would... I think children would just completely be turned off by this. Maybe. I don't know. I'm really not enjoying this this stuff with them. It's yeah. just not it's not hitting me on any kind of a level. Uh they're decreasing my interest in this match heavily. It's certainly not I think the type of, of feud you would expect from these two in an NXT or in a New Japan. Um you know, compare this to Becky and Charlotte and Becky and Charlotte certainly has a much more serious adult tone to it. This um eh, has been more typical I think WWE sports entertainment. Speaking of which, we had a segment from this past weekend at the Performance Center when Charlotte went to speak to the female talent there in NXT and giving advice. And the women there, they were just playing like children at school, getting to meet their their hero. And they're nodding and they're laughing at her. And this was all fine. I just felt poor Shayna Baszler had to be part of this because this is the complete opposite of her character to be in this kind of a situation. I agree. I agree with that. I think you, you know, it's clear to me that, like, how they view NXT seems to be more like how maybe New Japan treats its young line system, like, where where everybody in NXT is basically a young line, and, you know, uh, they can appear ringside, they can appear to get beaten up by Minoru Suzuki, and nobody really cares because they haven't fully actually begun their careers yet. To me, this is how I kind of see them... Um, treating that but and also like 
I, again, I am, I think, quite disappointed that we didn't at least get something from Shayna Baszler or Kyrie Sane uh, or, or the members of the no, Mayhem This Classic. was the go-home segment. Yeah. So this was kind of That, her that was the other reason for it is that it's not just that, okay, we will separate her from her NXT character. She's in a prominent match on Sunday mm-hmm. as well. Um, so anyway, I mean, it was a little thing from the segment. So you had uh, Marina Shafir in here, Mia Yim, Lacey Lane, Deanna Perrazzo, Bianca Belair. And Charlotte's giving a speech. She's taking questions from them. She's talking about uh, that she was uh, worried that she was going to to cry when she was starting out. And then Becky shows up and starts picking a fight with Charlotte. And they start brawling in the performance center. And Charlotte is thrown into the steps. And she yells, who are you? Who are you? And Becky screams, I'm the women's champion. And she's pulled off away from Charlotte. They put this out online like uh, a day or two earlier, and I thought it was good stuff. I, 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 you know, I, I enjoy these types of uh, pull-aparts that they shoot. I think with a not over-the-top shaky cam, but like you know, realistic, maybe more cell phone footage type of style. Um, I thought this was all right. I, I didn't mind the segment at all. I. I wondered if this was the best week to put this in because I was expecting a big segment from these two to kind of end the show and kind of go off with that being the big thing going into evolution and right. opted to not really focus on this like a like a big segment to end it. It was it was fine. Um, I think that they've done a really good job with this this feud throughout. Uh, but I was really expecting something like your big go home segment for evolution, and they mm. opted not to do it on this show. Charlotte then had a tape promo after this, and she's about to cry as she said what Becky did at the PC was unforgivable, and they disrespected the foundation that they came from. And there is nothing that Becky won't do. She has changed. You're a friend that lost your way. Yeah, I didn't realize the performance center was such sacred, neutral ground. It's their church. Yeah, you're not allowed to fight at the performance center. Yeah, wow. She must um, not watch NXT because these happen all the time. No, yeah. There's a murder mystery going on. I know. I know. There was a big attack. So don't let her know about uh, Aleister Black being laid out there and all the suspects. I thought the promo was good. I thought, you know, she, she does a good job of, of being emotional. It definitely felt far more real than any of those pre-tapes on Monday. Um, but the effect I think it has to me, though, is that Charlotte comes across a little like a whiner. So if your intent is to make Charlotte a babyface in all, in all this... I mean, if you side with Charlotte in this story, I think you'll still cheer for her. But to me, it feels like predominantly everybody's on Team Becky because she is so cool. And none of what Charlotte's doing right now is really going to sway your your opinion. Yes, and we will have a full preview of Evolution coming up. We'll go through all of the matches. Aiden English and Rusev, big, big blow-off to this feud. English came in singing his entrance and says that he turned Rusev's World Cup dreams into dust and then referred to this city as being full of dirt and rust. Boo. Rusev chased him around the ring. Lana blocked him as Rusev just fired up and punched Aiden. He caught Rusev as he re-entered the ring, and then English tells Lana, this is all your fault. And Lana takes her shoe off and throws it at Aiden. This leads to a machka kick accolade Aiden English submits 
and this feud is over in one minute and 21 seconds. And Tom Phillips summarized by stating, this rivalry didn't end the way that English hoped for. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I mean, if this is in fact the end, I I I, I think we we can mm, grade this as a pretty underwhelming feud overall. I think it started off with a really hot spark with the video, but then the 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 reveal of the actual uh, conclusion of the video mm, didn't really kind of leave a whole lot. And certainly, it seems like they almost rushed to the finish right after that with with a, a TV match that only lasted a minute and a half. Um, I, I do really worry for Aiden English because uh, I thought he was great with Rusev, but ending the team right now, for what reason? For this type of feud? I just don't exactly know how they're better off. This, to me, this felt like a feud that they were just done with. And it was, let's well, just end this. Well, why do and, the feud at all? I mean, I'm sure they had a compelling reason that they wanted to break them apart. And it just seems like a feud that they felt didn't catch on. Let's end it. And that's it. And I, too, uh, like Aiden English feels like someone that is uh, not going to be seen on too many Smackdowns. I don't know where he goes after this. This felt like a real end to his character. Mm. Miz TV was next. He recapped. Last week's 1,000th episode, including his win over Rusev in record time to enter the World Cup. And he brings out future Hall of Famer Rey Mysterio. Corey Graves said The Miz is the only reason people are going to watch Crown Jewel. And and Byron Saxton replied, Speak for yourself. Byron can't wait for Crown Jewel. Show's going to be great. Miz thinks that Rey is back to be an inspiration and and the underdog that overachieves and he calls that very 90s of him people are no no longer interested in the quote plucky underdog they're into larger than life stars like me because he carries this show he's the star of the usa network ray said i'm disappointed i thought i was booked on truth tv and ray says i'm not here in wwe to appear on a dusty talk show a dusty talk show Really making this uh, this set feel very um, inconsequential. He says he's here to compete. He challenged the Miz, and Miz says no one wants to see that. And then he jumped Ray. Miz was sent onto the ropes, and Ray missed with a six one nine. And we went to a commercial with the big question: Will Miz accept the challenge of Ray Mysterio? The answer was yes. We got a match. I like these two a lot together. I, I think, you know, Miz, lately he's been playing just a very entertaining uh, heel. Like, I mean, is he the type of heel that I think could lead a, a, a title program? I'm not exactly sure. He's more of, of, I think, the type of heel that, you know, you would see on, like, um, like an, uh, an, uh, an afternoon, like, um, TGIF, like, high school drama uh like the the lead jock you know what i mean that type of like heel that you would kind of maybe laugh at but not necessarily be completely scared by uh but he's very entertaining and it's i like think minkus on uh boy meets world is that his name yeah sure whatever or uh biff or uh balkan skull like he's i would say he's that level he's not thanos okay but he's he's more balkan skull uh and i think he does a great job of that and you know for a mid-card program with the ray mysterio 
I think the two of them have great chemistry together. At least they showed it here to the point where I, I was almost disappointed that they just gave us this match right after the commercial break. I didn't like Ray just being thrown into a match unannounced. I think that's mm-hmm. a big, it's not the, the defining reason, but WWE is able to make talent feel very ordinary in record time. And I think stuff like this is the reason for it. I think when Rey Mysterio is wrestling, at least at the beginning when he's coming back and he's fresh, you should go out of your way to make it a big deal when he's wrestling. It should not be, well, uh, Paige made the match during the commercial break kind of a uh, booking for him. Uh, there's talent you can do that for. I wouldn't be doing that with Ray, especially so quickly. And they did well, this match here. I mean, I think it's what we expected with, you know, uh, uh, Brian, Daniel Bryan, uh, Kurt Angle now to an extent. Um, but I guess they just kind of see these guys as, you know, uh, they're everyday guys and not their And that's how they feel. I mean, yeah. go back to Daniel Bryan's return promo to today. He doesn't feel like 10% as special as he did when he came back. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I'm just trying to think of, like the way they might think and maybe the way they might think is we're paying these guys a lot. We have a lot of TV time to fill. Why are we going to use an Aiden English when we have Daniel Bryan just sitting there? They asked, uh, or they started this off. Um, both are in the World Cup, so I don't know if this eliminates these two from being in the opening round together or not. Uh, there was like a decade ago when The Miz was not having great matches with anybody, but he would have his best matches were with Ray. So I was actually looking forward to this because I thought that these two, even a decade ago, uh, Ray brought out the best in The Miz, and The Miz is a much better performer than he was 10 years ago. Tom Phillips did his research. The last time these two had a singles match was SummerSlam 2012. Ray dove into the corner and missed him and then was dropped onto the turnbuckle. Uh, We also got the sliding splash onto the floor that someone pointed out to me that if you look closely, his torso does not slide on the on the canvas and therefore he doesn't get mat burn oh it's like it's his groin it's like I, a I don't know i didn't, I didn't give it that, that much attention but this was uh this was a subject of people uh looking into this all uh there was a ddt by miz then he went into the it kicks i got distracted during this match because Corey graves was ragging on new jersey mentioning this is a state where it's it's legal to make a left turn i was like what does that mean so I learned about what a jug handle is. Have you ever heard of this way? No, I have not. What's that? So in certain places, I imagine New Jersey. I've never heard of this in my life. But a jug handle, it will divert traffic into its own laneway, like a detour, where if you want to turn left at an intersection, you have to go through a detour so that it leaves traffic open for the traffic that is going forward or making a right turn. You're going to have to um, show me a diagram. Okay. Imagine you're at Young and Dundas, okay? Yeah. And you're driving north, okay? Mm. And instead of turning left on Young, I know you can't turn left on Young, but for the sake of this argument, if you were to go turn on uh, left on Young, it would force you to divert over to Gerard, where you would have to then uh, turn left over Victoria. That's where I this is an awful what? this is this is an awful detour. It, it literally and okay. whatever. So you got to make a jug handle shape. 
to go yeah. left. Yes. Okay. So this is what I spent the rest of the my match, uh, this match, learning about and wondering. Like this might ease up traffic. Toronto is an atrocious city when it comes to traffic. I'm it's open to anything. Bad. Yeah. So I'm thinking of running during the 2022 municipal election. Jug I'm, handles. Jug handles. I'm gonna. That's gonna be my promise. Is jug handling. Yeah. Jug and I think I, I would get support. I would, I would vote for you. Sure. So I've got one vote already. So. Maybe I'm going to put it in motion. Jug handling is going to be my my official. Uh, that's going to be my issue that I fight for the people. For. We'll call you Jughead. That'd be great. That'd be wonderful. This match continued. Uh, Ray finally hit the six one nine after missing it, uh, and then hit a springboard splash for the win. It was okay. I I mean I I liked it just because I think I it's been such a long time since I, since I've seen Ray. Uh, he looked awesome. Seriously, like I think he looks. Uh, he's, he's in looks, great shape. He looks better now shape. than than even when he last was last here, and he looked great when he left. Doesn't have the knee braces. Yeah, so I I think I still really appreciate seeing this guy uh, on WWE TV. To me, it was like it it was a match uh, that on SmackDown that didn't feel generic or pattern like most WWE TV matches, and I kind of attribute that to Rey Mysterio's very interesting and I think still evolving style. They were supposed to have a tag match with Naomi and Asuka against Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. They were going to, they announced Naomi versus Mandy Rose. Then they changed it to a tag match. And this was the end result. So I can't imagine the planning that goes into all of these things of, of all these changes and where we end up getting to. But anyway, before the match, you're going to show me a diagram. They, they jug handled this match, this match booking. The Iconics came out. They cut a promo that they are excited, but not about being in Newark. Evolution. Which, I mean, okay. Newark, Long Island. Like, flip a coin. And I have nothing against Newark, so don't don't get on me. I, I love both cities. Bayonne, though. God. <laughs> Lana comes out, wishes everyone a happy Lana Day, but then she's interrupted by birthday girl Carmella, who turned 31 on Tuesday, and she screams that what everyone... What does everyone want in New Jersey? And Corey yelled out, bail money. <laughs> this is the best line on the whole show. I don't, it, sorry, I don't get it. What? He, she said, what do all the people in New Jersey want? Oh, okay, right. And yes. Grave said, bail money. Oh, yes, good. Yes, funny. Yeah. They did a dance break. Zelina Vega then came out, tossed her into the ring. All the women fought. It came down to... Asuka spin-kicking Vega in the head. So Asuka stood tall. What a huge moment for her. One year after her debut last October. This week. She debuted a year ago? On the main roster. What? She came up at the TLC pay-per-view that we talked about earlier. So she has been on the main roster now for one year and one day. Wow, okay. What a run it's been. Hmm. Oh, I mean, uh, get that first year out of the way, then you skyrocket. Yeah, I'm sure that's what the WWE is telling themselves about Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Uh, you know, outside of, of the main events, like, just, I, I would say, like, the bulk of Evolution just kind of feels like a glorified kickoff show. Um, and I'm just, like, kind of astounded that, like, you have such a big women's roster, but, like, everybody's being crammed into this battle royal. Like, even Asuka is a part of a battle royal. So who, what exactly is filling out the rest of this card? Like, did we read, I, I, I'm i looking forward to Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane, but 
I, I suppose, like, does it make sense that you have that match there and you don't even promote it when you have somebody like Asuka who doesn't even have a match? I'm not complaining. That's one of the matches I'm looking yeah. forward to. And the fact that it doesn't have a story, it, it does have a storyline. It doesn't have a storyline on the main roster, but mm-hmm. what they've been doing on NXT, just with the training videos for, for Shayna awesome. Baszler. Yeah. I Simple. guess, I guess they, they, I mean, it, since it's a network special, they, they probably are maybe catering towards the, the everybody and not, not I'm not that. worried about those two not being over on this show. I think they're two people that the audience is familiar with. I, I think, I think they're going to have one of the best matches on the show. Um, so anyway, just a brawl for a battle royal no one cares about. We had some Mixed Match Challenge promos for tonight. Way will uh, run us through Mixed Match Challenge. And then Shane McMahon came out, and he congratulates all the women ahead of Evolution. And then he promotes the first ever World Cup to be known as the best in the world. One superstar will get that accolade to be the best in the world. And who do you think that's going to be? This guy, this was like a unsuspecting pedestrian wandering into traffic uh, during rush hour because he was pelted with CM Punk chants, and he just fed them the ability to come back with these chants. And Shane hears them all and responds, I don't believe he's in the tournament. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I worked. think this was funny. Well, yeah, it worked. Good comeback. And then he ran through all the participants and, to his credit, did a much better job than Kurt Angle did on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So he was just here to pitch stuff. I think he's back on the show now as this type of guy. Like, I think he is the GM. We didn't see Paige on the show, did we? Which was very bizarre because Paige should have been here for the segment to plug Evolution. Yeah. Paige should have been on this show, period. Mm. Main event as teed up by... Shane McMahon, we've got a historic women's pay-per-view on Sunday, and the go-home show ended with the men. Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, in another match. Orton attacked Hardy. He put him in the Tree of Woe, was stomping at him. And then with Hardy in the Tree of Woe, Randy went to the floor, and he put his finger into the dude's ear hole. Oh, just for old time's sake. No, it's still gross. I don't want this. Rams him into the announcer's desk, dumps him onto it. Hardy fights back. He hits a twist of fate. Or the twist of fate is blocked, but then he hits a whisper in the wind. The negative was the crowd. They just did not seem all that into even Jeff Hardy, even his trademark stuff, like taking the shirt off. It got a mild reaction. Kind of continued into the mixed match challenge as well. Oh, okay. Hardy goes for the twist of fate uh, and hits it, goes to the top, but Orton rolls to the floor. So Jeff decides, well, I'll just go and hit a swanton off the apron. And he missed and just thud. Onto the ground. This looked fun. I mean, you know, the man likes to make every match memorable. Um, Like, he's got that McFoley attitude where he just feels like this match is not good enough until I do something crazy and hurt myself. So, I mean, you can either respect that or you can fault it. Maybe a bit of both. I don't want to burst his bubble, but I'm pretty sure he's not listening. I don't know if this match was great after this either. Orton called for the RKO. It's turned into a backslide for a two. And then Hardy goes for another twist of fate, misses it as he's spun around, and he takes the RKO. I like the finish. It went 845. It was fine. It was just that I thought the crowd wasn't all that into it. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel this was a great end to SmackDown. Um, I, I get the sense you kind of got more out of this show. I thought this was a really weak show going into Evolution. I just felt there was very little on Sunday's show. 
and it just set, seemed like, like, why am I watching Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton close this show? Oh, Evolution, I think, is a total afterthought. Like, in hindsight, it really, like I said, doesn't really feel like a big statement from the WWE more than it just kind of feels like your typical, like, Clash of the Champions level pay-per-view network special. Um, and, you know, I thought SmackDown was okay. I, I kind of just looked at it more as a uh, second week uh, build to Crown Jewel than Evolution itself. I, I think in hindsight, I am perhaps maybe a little disappointed we didn't get something with Becky and Charlotte to close the show in person. It probably kind of called for that. Um, the rest of it was, I just thought, okay. Did you think part of it was they were concerned to put Becky and Charlotte in a live setting, especially in the Northeast, where they just didn't want Charlotte to get booed out of the building? Um, that's, it's possible. Uh, but I don't, I don't see how that would hurt the match or interest in the match. That that's just how the feud has been going. If people boo Charlotte, so what? Like they, they're probably still going to watch on Sunday. If not, maybe even have more interest on Sunday. So you apply a lot of logic way, but I mean, this has been the last four years of the company. Hmm. Yeah. I don't they, know. They are not the type to just shrug their shoulders and say, huh, ah, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, it's possible. I think Becky's going to be the biggest babyface on that show. Next, uh, her and Ronda Rousey are going to be, I think, extremely popular on this show on Sunday. So SmackDown uh, concluded, and then the mixed match challenge picked up afterwards. Oh, that's right. Yes, I did watch it. Uh, okay, so here we go. Mixed match challenge. We have two matches here: B and B taking on Team Pause. That's Bailey and Balor taking on Natalia and Bobby Roode. So they do a thing now, and, you know, I still enjoy watching the Mixed Match Challenge um, just to kind of see what creativity comes from these teams because I think they are all encouraged to do something a little unique, a bit different from your typical WWE-style match. A lot more comedy is injected, and who knows what else. Typically, it's it comes in the form of dance breaks. They've really kind of driven that dance break thing a bit to the ground. Uh, we kind of saw some variation of that on this show. So what did Finn Balor... And Bobby Roode come up with. Oh, God. Please tell me they've lost. <laughs> Finn Balor, uh, they start the match, and Finn Balor's holding his jacket, his leather jacket. Bobby Roode is holding his robe. God. And the two agree to trade each other's jackets. So they each put on the other's jacket or robe. And Roode has a tough time fitting Finn's, you know, children's sides jacket God. on. Uh, so Rude starts doing Finn's pose. He even two sweets Finn on the forehead, which got some ooze. Finn starts twirling his fingers and then does the glorious pose. Almost kind of better than Bobby Rude, if I have to be honest. It quickly turns into a, a fight where Rude tries to apply the DDT. He doesn't. So Rude retreats to the corner. He's trying to take the jacket off, but he can't. Natalia's helping her out, him out. Uh, so the women tag in. It was kind of amusing. Didn't really kind of deliver that big punchline. And like I said earlier, this crowd was kind of dead for almost this entire show and uh, all of the mixed match challenge, unfortunately. So Bailey and Natalia are in there. They're pretty good together. You know, Natalia with somebody like Bailey is able to show off a lot more of her, her technique than usual, I found. Um, Nat Natalia teases a tope, and then Bobby Root stops her, tags himself in, and says, I don't want you diving. I'm trying to protect you. At this point, the match gets kind of cold. Baylor and Bally, uh, Baylor and Bailey tease hugging, 
but Natalia pulls Bailey out so they don't hug. Crowd doesn't react that much to that either. Um, Rude teases going for the coup de gras for the finish, but Balor dodges and executes his own coup de gras. So, all in all, um, oh, by the way, they win. Balor and Bailey win. So, you know, I, I found that you could tell these four were trying to be creative, were trying to think of interesting, funny bits that might get a reaction, but I don't know if it was just the dead crowd or the fact that they just maybe they're not that good at putting together a decent comedy match that none of it really felt all that effective. You know what Bailey and Finn's name, their team name should be? What's that? Finley. Oh, that's great. And they like to fight. <laughs> that's great. That's all I've got. Team Asuka. The team of Asuka and The Miz are taking on Day One Glow, uh, the husband and wife team of Jimmy Uso and Naomi. So, Asuka and Naomi, of course, are tag team partners and they're friends, but today they are rivals. So, oh. They start the match off, and the two end up in a stalemate. And then the two of them congratulate one another for having a stalemate and doing so well. So they hug. And then the Miz says, what are you doing? Did you hug her? You're supposed to fight her. There's no hugging in wrestling. So Jimmy Uso comes into the ring now. The match completely stops. Jimmy Uso comes in, says everybody hugs. So Jimmy Uso hugs his wife. He hugs Asuka. And the Miz sees all this, and he's just livid. He's yelling, no hugs. The match is just at a standstill right now. So Jimmy Uso, Naomi, and Asuka are all standing there looking at The Miz. They're extending their arms as they slowly inch towards The Miz, going in for a group hug. At this point, Miz just decides to bail, leaves the ring, is about to leave the match. So Jimmy Uso brings him back in, and he delivers an offensive bear hug. (laughs) So... Yeah, played in together. I thought this worked better, at least in the last match. Okay. Um, the women tag in. I think uh, Naomi and, and and Asuka are actually pretty decent in there together. I think they they got some decent chemistry, uh, even as opponents. The finish just comes with the skull crushing finale, and Team Asuka remains undefeated. You know, I thought uh, the energy of the crowd was noticeably diminished pretty much uh, ever since the main event. I think. As a result, it felt like both of these matches probably went on a little too long beyond, I think, the most interesting portions of them, which was the comedy. Um, In the second match, certainly, uh, I thought The Miz did a far more effective job of communicating and leading that comedy than uh, anybody in the previous match. He's managed to find a decent dynamic with Asuka, where Asuka seems to be totally cool with all the opposing teams, and everybody likes Asuka, but everybody hates The Miz, and he kind of shines in, in those types of scenarios. So, you know, um, yeah, just a so-so edition of Mixed Match Challenge. What do you think about Positively Glorious? That's not bad. Yeah. they, they I, I think positive was something that they were telling each other. We, they are saying, we got to stay positive. Well, way you are doing... Amazing work getting through this every week. Uh, this mix match challenge will conclude, I believe, on December the 16th. Okay, well, maybe I'll quit this job by then. Well, uh, I, I hope you make it to the end. It's going to get really exciting once we're down to uh, just a couple of teams left. It's really going to pick up. For all those people out there wondering about the WWE doing a round-robin tournament, now you're getting a chance every Tuesday night to do it. So let us now move on to, what should we do first, feedback or evolution? Let's do feedback. Okay. 
We're going to start off with Brandon from Oshawa. I sadly fell asleep for SmackDown. No, the rating, the rating, the rating. Oh, whoops, whoops, whoops. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to imagine it's a three. I I already saw it. A 4.25. Do you want, uh, I did a, a secondary poll way. Do you want to, uh, do you want to hear the results? Sure. On Twitter, I asked, what do you expect is the end result regarding the WWE's handling of Crown Jewel? The options are the show runs as is in Riyadh. Second option, they move to another country. Third option, they move the matches to Survivor Series. And number four, cancel it altogether. Wait, what do you think won? Saudi Arabia. It did. 48% believe the show is going to go on as is. 29% thought they would move to another country. 10% uh, moving to Survivor Series. 13% thought they would cancel it altogether of the 707 voters. Oh, interesting. So there we go. All right, let us go to the feedback now. And now we will go to Brandon from Oshawa. I sadly fell asleep for SmackDown other than the beginning and the end. I enjoyed the big show squash and didn't care for another Orton Hardy match. I did make sure to get my to set my alarm, though, so I can wake up for everyone's favorite feedback. Johnny Mundo Survivor Week 4. Are you ready, Way? Oh, yes. This week, the David and Goliath tribe makes it to the tribal swap, where they went from two tribes into three smaller tribes. If you remember, I recapped a member of the David tribe, Christian, last week, wondering about Slamtown. This guy ended up on the same tribe as John, so we got some more goodness from him this week, now that he can ask John questions. We found out that this guy wants to visit Slamtown and wanted to know how to get there. He wanted to know what the demographics of Slamtown are. John simply told him, it's a place that he sends his opponents and then let us know in a confessional that he feels very awkward in one-on-one moments like this. John's tribe ended up winning the first immunity out of the two given out this week, which meant not only was he safe for another week, but he also got brownies, croissants, coffee, among other items to fuel him for the rest of the game. This was a way bigger win for him than that Impact title. Yeah, seems like he's doing pretty well. Yeah, he seems to be doing really well. And this guy, uh, Christian, sounds like an asshole. So he has to deal with this guy. Okay, uh, up next we go to Paul from New Jersey, who says kind of an unforgettable episode of SmackDown. Maybe he means forgettable. No, maybe, no, maybe, I mean, he's from New Jersey. Maybe this was a huge moment for them. Uh, maybe, state. yeah. The women's battle royal segment was the same cliche cluster brawl. I have to say, this is one, the one time where the CM Punk chants were plenty warranted. Becky Lynch is doing the best work of her career. This match should absolutely main event evolution. All right, we go to Johnny here. So I can assume that with American hero John Cena's absence from Crown Jewel, the odds of Hulk Hogan appearing have increased somewhat. Sadly, my only interest in the Battle Royal is just to see how many eliminations Michelle McCool gets. What's your guess? Higher or lower than the five she had in the Rumble? I wonder if the NXT rookies in the Battle Royal have to refer to her as Mrs. Undertaker. I don't know how many NXT women are really going to be in this. I imagine there will be some. But I'm not expecting all those women we saw in the PC segment tonight to be in this. How many did they say for the Battle Royal? I don't think they're uh, calling it. It's just a women's Battle Royal. See, at one time, didn't they say it would be like a certain number of people, that of women that would be employed on the show? At one point, they said there would be over 50 women on the show. But they have stopped that. Hmm, Okay. 
Man, it just reminds me of that Women's uh, Royal Rumble, which was not very good. Uh, especially with some of these, uh, I think, uh, quote-unquote legends coming back. Michelle McCool actually being an exception. She was good. But um, I don't know if I... Uh, I we'll see if Tori Wilson has improved in the in the uh, nine months she's had uh, between those battle royals. Okay, uh, we go to Javante, who's from Pontiac, Michigan, who says, Hey guys, I've got a great idea. Let's promote our first ever women's pay-per-view by having them not main event on the go-home shows. I understand the angle from Raw's main event, but tonight we had a match that we've already seen multiple times in recent memory that could have been safe for next week due to the fact that they all still have an episode of SmackDown before Crown Jewel. Anyway, even if the Charlotte Becky video closed the show, this would have been a very lackluster episode. I briefly found myself intrigued during the Mysterio mismatch. That's the only reason why my rating is as high as it is. Two out of ten. <sighs> I yes. do, Brand Brandon. From South New Jersey, a.k.a. New Jersey. My dearest Jerseyites. Hey, guys. It's me. Been a while since we spoke. Hope Way is well-rested since his epic move, and hope all is well in the Postal Universe. Just want to chime in on this episode. Yeah, it was lacking. If this was a go-home show, it made me want to go home, and I wasn't even at the event. I mean, just because I'm from New Jersey doesn't mean I want to go to Newark. Ever been? Any woo? This show was so forgettable, the only lasting memory was Jeff Hardy's new rash paint job. Meanderings of a madman. Why are Jeff Hardy's promos like TED Talks? He should have entered the post-wrestling King Haku contest. He would have been the favorite. Where has Samoa Cookie Joe been? Sep at birth, the minister that interviewed The Undertaker and Joe Montana. I have no earthly idea what that means. They can't be going, they can't be going to Crown Royal, right? I mean, they can skip it and take blood money next year. It's not worth it, Vince. I'm out of here. Peace. Who's the minister that what inter- is it? What- interviewed The Undertaker? Who's that? I think he's talking about Ed Young, the guy who did that interview. Oh, okay. Got separated it. at birth, the minister. I, I don't know who he separated from birth. Joe, from Joe Montana? He's saying they look alike. I don't know what Joe Montana looks like right now. 2018. Let me see what he looks like. I, w- I want someone to follow around ah. Brandon from, from South New Jersey for a week. I, mm. I want to know what this guy does in between feedback and uh, calling up Jordan Breen. He looks a little like him. All right. Well, thank, All thanks, right. man. Thank you for that. Uh, WWE Evolution. Yes. We're going to quickly go through the matches for Sunday's card from Long Island, New York at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. This show starts at 6 p.m. with a kickoff show, and then the main show is airing at 7. I'm looking at this lineup way. I I have a hard time imagining that this is going to be a four and a half hour show. I think this is going to be an earlier end. I think I think they'll end this by ten thirty. Oh, they can they can drag things out. I think if they really wanted to. Um, don't don't say that. Now I'm trying to think what will be on the kickoff. Uh, certainly a candidate is is the battle royal. Yes. Mm. This, Beyond oh, man. that, <laughs> if Sasha and Bailey are on the kickoff, people are going to be furious. Oh wait a second. So is there a UK women's title championship match? They. It's listed here on Wikipedia. I don't think it's happening. They would have announced it on TV if they were, if it was. Okay. I, I, it makes no sense to put that show on and ruin your tournament. And I they've mean, done nothing to mention it at all. But they, but they also haven't mentioned, um, I guess, the other matches either. Yeah, uh, they have. 
On NXT, they have. On the Mae Young Classic, they have. Uh, Ky- Kyrie Sane and Shane. Oh, Abisla, you're right. They, they did. They did show the promo. You're right. I okay. mean, they, yeah, the finals of the Mae Young Classic. They haven't stated because it's not over yet. They don't want to ruin the tournament ahead of time. All right, let's go through this. So. Here at the bottom, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalia versus. Hey, spo- the... spoilers for the Mae Young Classic. Should we say that? Uh, yes, yes, because we're going to talk about who's in the finals, and the finals don't air till tomorrow. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, six woman tag. It's just kind of a match. Just a match, absolutely. Um, you know, Sasha Bailey and Natalia versus the Riot Squad. I think you know everybody's going to try to have a, a a great showing here. Um, this I, should be the opener. This should be the opener, not well, on the kickoff, but I think it's a good opener to just set the pace. I have to feel, if you're Sasha Banks, that you have to be a little bit pissed off about this, right? Like to to me, she was the the, the lead of this, you know, uh, quote unquote four horsewomen, uh, whatever a revolution renaissance thing, and I think um her being kind of relegated to a six woman tag match. On the first all women show, you're talking about somebody who you know, um, like was uh, was involved in a number of firsts uh, that 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 seemed to be just a, a more more major player. Granted, she was injured, but um, I think when you do have her, I would have expected a bigger role for her. So I I don't know how Sasha herself must be thinking about this. Maybe maybe there's a chip on her shoulder now, or maybe she's you know uh, just doesn't really care. I'm not sure. But I find that somewhat interesting. I, I think, you know, the the days of Sasha and Bailey being like they just feel to me that they really just drop the ball on these two so much that I don't even look at it as though they're in a bad position here given their slots on Raw. But as this week goes on and I continually shake my head that we're watching Battleground 2016, Jerry Kilgore is making a bit of a comeback here because this show is getting more and more relevant by the day because that show features Bailey's first appearance on the main roster. And it is heartbreaking to see where they were in 2016 and what these two have done since. Yeah, it tends to, uh, it, for the most part, uh, they always tend to work out that way, except like, you know, sometimes you get the exceptions like Alexa Bliss. Yeah, but look at Charlotte and Becky Lynch. They're not yeah. in that boat. They were, uh, mm. depending on, on, on periods. Charlotte certainly wasn't all that hot at certain parts of this year. Neither was Becky for a long, long time. Uh, Becky was on the back burner for a while. I don't think Charlotte's ever been de-emphasized. I mean, she's had moments where she was kind of not the focal point on SmackDown, but I think she's always been in a fairly prominent spot among the women. Um, Yeah, I, I think this match is going to be fine. Uh, I have no I, I interest. Think- uh, women's battle royal. Do you have a pick for who wins this? We have these are the announced names: Tamina, the Iconics, Ember Moon, Alicia Fox, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Oscar, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Carmella, Lana, Naomi, Zelina Vega, Molly Holly, Maria Kanellis, Kelly Kelly, Ivory, Medusa, Tori Wilson, and Michelle McCool. Hmm. Um, amongst the crop, I mean, you can look at either you know your next challenger for Ronda Rousey or your next challenger for. Uh, either Becky Lynch or Charlotte Flair. That's also assuming that that program ends after this. Uh, with the last woman standing match, I could see 
that oh it should be the end this this should definitely be the end yeah so are we talking an opponent for becky or opponent for charlotte or an opponent for ronda um i think both need opponents after this show i would say you could go with oscar for a survivor series program with charlotte do the rematch potentially but she's just to me she just does not feel like a character that's all that much i think uh, none none like of these wait. Up. None of these SmackDown women jump off as to me. Like who who would you go with here? Carmella, Lana. I mean, they're Naomi. I guess you could go with Naomi. Yeah, yeah. Not I a mean, lot of great picks here on no. the Raw side. Oh, Nia. Like you've, ju- you've just done Nia and Ronda. That doesn't feel fr- maybe Ember. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, uh, that's to a me, tough Tamina? one. Too. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Um, you know, Ember would, would be my pick. I think she's the freshest one. I, but it almost seems too early for her though. Ronda Rousey. Uh, so I guess maybe, maybe Nikki wins. Maybe Nikki wins. Maybe they're going to beat Ronda in the main event of the first all women's pay-per-view. See what reaction that gets. It's possible. That's possible too. Um, but yeah, it's possible. I can't really make a pick. These are, this battle Royal is not going to be good, dude. I, I don't care how optimistic you want to be. I'm expecting this to be terrible. I'm not optimistic yeah. about it. I thought the Rumble was pretty bad. But um, I don't know. They could they could surprise us with some very cleverly designed spots. Trish Stratus and Lita against Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. Alexa Bliss tentatively scheduled for this match. Um, I think moving this to a tag has diminished a lot of interest in this match. I think that this is going to come down to how nostalgic this crowd is. Uh, I think Trish will perform great. I think that in front of a receptive crowd, which hopefully they have on Sunday, I think that makes this match. But if this is placed maybe in a bad spot where you don't have a super hot crowd, which Long Island doesn't have a rep for being the greatest crowd to work in front of. So I feel you are going to have a special, unique audience for this type of a show, though. So I do feel the audience will be into this. Uh, but this one's going to come down to how the match comes off because I can't say that the buildup. Um, I, I was much more interested in Trish and Alexa in a singles, to be honest, than the tag match. Well, if it's Alicia Fox, then I mean, there, that wouldn't have happened either way, right? I, I'm I'm guessing. I guess if it was Alicia, anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter now. I, I I'm interested to see Trish in there. I think she she was one of the people who looked very good to me in the in the Royal Rumble. And I, I think, um, you know, knowing her, she'll probably have been training her ass off to to try to get into shape to uh, impress here. I imagine Definitely. the pairing of her and Mickey James to receive a big reaction, and that in itself is probably the the pairing I'm interaction I'm probably looking forward to the most. Um, Lita, I hope, I hope the moonsault looks good. That's all I ask. I'm kind of scared to see the moonsault. I, I won't be upset if she does not bring that out, but I guess she kind of has to. Yeah. Does Trish just pin Alexa? I, or if is it's, Mickey there to take the the fall? Yeah, I, I would say she would either pin Mickey or um or Alicia. Let's save the finals of the Mae Young Classic for the end, so sure. people can hear our preview up until then. Kyrie Sane, Shayna Baszler. I've really enjoyed the build up for this. Shayna Baszler lost the title to Sane. And then they've shown her training so that 
and this is a rematch of last year's final of the May Young Classic as well, that Shayna is now a much better performer and she's training like she's never trained before. She's going through a fight camp to prepare for Kyrie Sane. I think this is going to be one of the best matches on the show. I think this could be outstanding and I am picking Kyrie Sane to retain. I am very much looking forward to this as well. I think Shayna Baszler is is pretty much one of my favorite um, wrestlers, period, in the WWE right now. And I think, actually, I would pick her to win this one. Possible. Could be. Um, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, last woman standing for the SmackDown title. It's going to get a lot of time for a last woman standing match. Um, Probably is going to get... 20 minutes might be the longest match on the show. Probably a good bet that it is. I think Charlotte is winning the title and I think there's a very good chance that this is going to be a hostile crowd when she wins, unless you have an audience that is very much just into the concept of the women having their own pay-per-view and are not going to be your typical audience that is going to uh, go against anything. Maybe they're going to luck into a crowd like that. I don't know what the atmosphere is going to be like for this show, but uh, I do think Charlotte is winning this title on Sunday. It'll be interesting to see, I think, the crowd reaction. But, you know, um, I I don't necessarily expect Charlotte to be booed out, out of the building. I don't think she has been lately. Um, you know, it's people want to cheer Becky, but I don't think they're, they're, they're pushing the same resentment towards Charlotte as uh, as it maybe existed, perhaps, when this feud initially began. I think people are satisfied enough with the Becky um, heel turn and the Becky current uh, character as of current. And um, Charlotte, I think, plays a good foil. So I hope these two have a great match. I think I'm expecting them to have the best match on the show. Um, and But, you know, there's actually some pretty stiff competition between Baszler and Sane and uh, the Man Classic Finals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I but I think in terms of uh, storytelling, um, they've certainly had... had uh, maybe the most TV time. So I, I, I looked for this to be a pretty entertaining match. And who do you think is winning? I'm going with Becky. I think like, she's just way too hot of a character right now. You can, you know, like you can bring you can make Charlotte a uh, contender again at some other point near mania. Um, but for she now, could win the rumble, she could win the rumble. Absolutely. She wasn't in it last year. Yeah, absolutely. I think Becky's on fire. I would yeah. not be taking the title off her. I just feel that, if this is the end of the feud, I do sense the title changing. Certainly. Um, and then you can do uh, Becky Lynch, Asuka. Um, you know, is it a strong enough main program? Mm, I wonder. I don't know if it is. But uh, just to kind of give it another opponent for Becky during this run, I think she still has a lot, of, a lot to accomplish. Ronda Rousey, Nikki Bella for the Raw Women's title. Do you think this is going to go on last? I think that would be a mistake. I think Becky Charlotte, um, as a last woman standing match, um, and with the amount of interest that it has, I think it can make a bigger statement about, you know, like two of your four horsewomen going in there and having this like 30 minute classic. Um, whereas I feel like Ronda Rousey, Nikki Bella, I think as good as, you know, Ronda, Ronda has been, I don't expect that match to go that long. And I also see it at this point still, like you're talking about a rookie here, you know, uh, where uh, I would put that maybe closer towards the the middle of the card rather than trusting it to end. But the the heat will be tremendous for this one. I would say up until a few weeks ago, I, I would agree with you, but I think that this match has 
overtaken the Becky Charlotte match in terms of interest. I think their feud has been built up really well. And I imagine, I, I think this is going to go on last. Um, whether, I, I don't think it's going to be a better match, but I do think it's the more heated uh, program of the two. Um, I, I just think both women have been great building this up. I'm I'm now looking forward to this. I was not all that interested when this match was first announced, but I think these women have they should definitely be given credit for building this match up. It's not all unlike that John Cena uh, Nikki match with Miz and Maurice that people were kind of flat on when they announced it and they built it up with the promos. And yeah, I see Rousey retaining and is in the main event slot. And maybe you tease something beyond this, like whether it's the four horsewomen getting involved to fend off pre or you end it where you have Rhonda and Charlotte or Rhonda and Becky as the champions and teasing something Rhonda and Becky would be an awesome direction to go. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, how, how they could get there with the brand split, but Oh, uh, how would they get through the brand split? Oh, how could they get through this, this arduous line in the sand that cannot be crossed? Well, we're talking maybe, about- maybe Becky can get hurt and then she can just show up on the other show. Well, we are talking about Survivor Series. Are they still doing that concept? Wait, they don't even know what they're doing at Crown Jewel. I don't know if Survivor Series has any plans. Okay. Anyway, uh, I expect Ronda to win. And then, don't anyone get upset. We are going to talk about the May Young Classic final. Io Shirai versus Tony Storm. This will be the match coming out of Wednesday's show. This should be tremendous. I think this is going to be a great match. I am picking Io Shirai to win. And I wonder if they're just going to quickly go to Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai at TakeOver in uh, Survivor Series weekend. Go for the big match right away. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I, do, I don't know. I mean, that that is, I think that... Because you, be... you, you said you think Baszler wins. Yeah. Um, I almost see... Uh... It, it it it's it's kind of it's kind of strange. Like, how do you build that match, Kyrie Sane versus Io Shirai? I mean, obviously, you, you, you just can't. did. You just announced it. It's like it's yeah. just you. You only need a couple of weeks. This shows in like three weeks. It's just the idea of the match that I think sometimes who cuts this, the promos. I I think that you can uh, Io Shirai. I think has a lot more personality than Kyrie Sane. And I have way more faith in NXT to get these women across in a couple of episodes with just some uh, subtitled promos and relying on just other talent putting them over. Because for that takeover crowd, it's you announce the match. You really don't have to do much more. It's built. It's done. And that will be one of the biggest matches on that takeover show. My pick, I think, is Tony Storm. Uh, it, you know, you could pair her up with Kyrie Sane or Shayna Baszler. Um, I think to have her come out of both May Young Classics without winning might hurt. I, and I also just see her as like the leader of the future division. So I feel um, she probably is the one that might most benefit from winning this tournament. And that's Evolution. Seven matches that have been announced. I guess there's always the possibility they could throw on more. We could get a kickoff match announced. Um, Though I imagine most of the women are all accounted for because all the extra women on the roster are in the Battle Royal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll take one of them out to do an extra tag match, or maybe you will get a a UK Women's Championship match. 
Okay, the big the big main event on the show that we haven't talked about. Where is Stephanie McMahon on this show? She could have the opening segment, you know? Um, or maybe she'll come out to, to, you know, do an angle. I think maybe something we, we didn't mention is uh, also, uh, do you expect uh, some interaction between Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler on this show? I think it's possible. When I was thinking about Ronda with, with Bree in the corner, it's a way you could introduce uh, Shayna, especially if she loses and you're bringing Shayna up to the main roster, mm-hmm. which that to me would be the indication they are going with. And that could be an idea that you could do, you know, even if Ronda retains, that they come back with the Bellas against Rousey and Baszler at Survivor Series. You could do that. That's yeah. one idea. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's possible. Um, I'm not expecting it, but I think that that's certainly an option for them uh, that they could do. Because if Shayna's not winning the title, she may, it, she doesn't have much left to do in NXT at that point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if if like now is a good time to debut on the roster. Maybe it is. You know, I think Raw certainly has has space for uh, uh, uh I don't know, bigger characters. Well, there's so many women, but man, when we're just going through they're this battle over. royal, they're not over. Yeah. It's and that's more. Uh, that's just an issue of like some of the presentation of but I'm, women. I think it's all I almost kind of want to delay that as long as we can because I don't I wonder how she would translate you know like especially I think, on raw if you're going to yeah. attach her to Ronda on raw um I, I think it's she uh, could, you know Smackdown has its own handicaps as well um mm-hmm. but 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 you know, you know she should very much be in the mold of a Samoa Joe completely but you know do you think like the people in charge at raw could see that it's tough. She's a she's a interesting character that they've proven they can get over with, you know, in a non traditional way, and it's worked. She's got a very unique personality that, if you're like, she was not somebody as a fighter that struck you as ha- as being charismatic at all, and it's a different kind of charisma, but it's certainly there. And, no, and I think that's a great, she's a bully and an excellent bully. But could you imagine that same bully like doing a promo off of a teleprompter like we saw on Monday? Or being thrown in there with a Nia Jax right off the, right out of the gate, and she's got to sell for Nia Jax, and it's just, um, or or even for someone undersized. I mean, where she's in there with a, a Liv Morgan. I mean, it's just there's so many variables, and I think largely you look at the main roster, and it's what could go wrong is your first assumption uh, yeah. with someone that maybe doesn't tr- fit a traditional mold, um, but um, she's going to end up on the main roster eventually, so it's just a matter of when. You know, looking at this card, I think I'm I'm actually a bit more excited than I was after watching SmackDown and Raw because I think I think if you're watching SmackDown and Raw, you really wouldn't have any idea of some of the hot matches that would take place on this show. That being, you know, Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane, and also the finals of the Mayon Classic, which I think will both be very good matches. Um, so I would say those two matches, in addition to two, I think pretty strong title title programs on Raw and SmackDown, are going to be the the matches that will hold this show together and. Make it a you know um, make it overall I think uh, give it a good chance of being a, a good show. There's the possibility this could be a very good show. I don't think the build has been extraordinary by any stretch. Uh, I think they really need a hot crowd on Sunday, and it could elevate a lot of these matches. And on paper, there's some matches that could be very strong on this show. There's also some that could be uh, forgettable. So that's on Sunday night. From Long Island, Way and I will be back immediately after Evolution. If you are a Double Double, Ice Cap, or Espresso member, uh, you will get a link 
right as the show ends, and you can watch the live video stream of our review um, doing the post show. And then we will have the podcast version up for everybody on the main page at postwrestling.com late Sunday night. So that is it. We are going to be heading off now to the Post Wrestling Cafe. You can join us there for the double shot, chatting even more that we have consumed over the past week. So thank you for listening. For Way, I am John, and we'll chat with you shortly.